The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy back at it again after a Bills loss. <laughs> boy, oh boy, it never gets easy, guys. It absolutely never gets easy to, to come back on here on screen and talk about that we had a Bills loss. Especially when it's it's a game where you're like, fam, we shouldn't have lost that game. But you need these losses early <clears throat> so you can prepare for late in the season because you gotta go through these things, go through the, go through these emotions, go through these e uh, scenarios, right? Go through the go through these ups and downs of these games. So when it comes back, because it will, when it comes back late in the season, you know how to deal with it. You come when you start off with a sluggish start, you got to realize, holy crap, this is the sluggish start that we had back in Jacksonville. Let's get it together. Second quarter, not, you know, a minute 50 in the game when it's nearly over. So it's tough. But folks, we are back at it, recapping the game that was uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, truth be told, folks, truth be told. When you go back and look at it, by the way, shout out to everybody tuned in right now. I see you, I see you guys. Sword Brother Joseph, JT Camp in the building. I see you, JT Camp. You know what I'm saying? Only MP7. I see you, bro. MP7 and, uh, and Modern Warfare is a, it's a nice gun, by the way. The MP, MP5 is nice, too, though. I, like, I, I think I rock with the MP5 a little more. Um, <clears throat> ACR used to be the gun back in the day. But now, no, no power. Anyway, I see you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in. John Sour. I see you, John. I see you, Johnny. So let's get right into it, man. Uh, appreciate it. I see you like the hat. The hat is crisp. It's one of my favorites, actually. I got to go get another one. I need another one. I need, I need to get a rotation because I don't like busting the same hat every time. You know what I'm saying? I got I to gotta get a rotation. In. Love, my other hat's a little busted up, so you know what I mean? I got to show some love. Anyway, this game, folks, I ain't going to lie to you. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> yo, my man, Source 7, said, yo, the MP7 is a trash gun in real life <laughs> i wouldn't know anything about that uh but what i do know is that i'm still kind of annoyed with the game the game that was i don't know about y'all man i am still annoyed because when i go back and i start you know I mean realizing things and seeing things and thank goodness for those that watch film thank goodness for those that you know what I'm saying break down or just go over some things because you start seeing things and you're like See, that's what I saw in the game, and I was wondering why the heck that was, and whose fault was it? 
Was it because Josh Allen was holding on to the ball or is it because receivers are just trying to go freestyle and do whatever the hell they want? It kind of has you feeling some type of way. At least that's how I felt. And uh, so shout out, shout, shout out to y'all, man. And uh, later on, I will reveal. You remember how I, I don't know if you guys remember. And give me a thumbs up uh, if you join my live stream after the fact. I mean, hours later uh, when I was going off about when Josh Allen underthrew Stefan Diggs on that wide open. When I lost my stuff, remember when I lost my stuff? There's a reason I lost my stuff. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'll explain to you why I lost my stuff. And you're going you're gonna to notice it. And you're going to be like, okay, I get it. And I just can't wrap my head around it still to this day. But anyway, you guys know what you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. I just lost it. I mean, I said it with my chest, damn it. I said, I put my chest on that shit. Anyway, but we've got more important things to talk about. These injuries. These injuries are killing us. These injuries are killing us so much to the point that we had to go and ring, ring a ding ding, and get on the phone with Josh Norman. Josh, you there? Age 35? Come on out. What? Yo, when we brought Josh Norman to the squad three years ago, two years ago, three three years ago, even then, at an aging 32-year-old, you can, you can mess with it. You can say, you know what? 32 is not 35, bro. Bro, I'm, I'm 38. I'm about to be 39 soon. And I couldn't imagine going out there and and doing that golly at 35 and you haven't played meaningful football since what a year ago maybe two years ago i don't know fam now i understand it i understand the signing because you know my system and i need and i'm broke (laughs) you're broke (laughs) they're broke the bills are broke the broke bills that's what they are bro they got no money and when I say, when I, you guys think I was joking when I say Bean been bargain binning, bro, he went to the bargain bin and when he asked, hey, where, where's, where's the stuff that I need? They're like, uh, they looked at his social credit score and they said, bro, <laughs> your shit is at the back of the store. The back of the store. Yo, they said Bean to the back of the store and he's looking and he's like, oh shit, Josh Norman, you there? Bro, come on through. Now Josh Norman is part of the bills. Golly, my mom's calling me right now. She always calls at the most inopportune times. I got to call her back. But anyway, that's craziness, man. So Josh Norman, with our broke ass, with your broke ass bills, <laughs> hide the money, y'all. <laughs> the broke ass bills is coming because we broke. And you know we broke because we bring it in Josh Norman. Now, maybe he comes out and gives us a spark off the practice squad. I have no idea. I always liked Josh Norman, though. I was always a fan of his persona. I was, I was always a fan of the way he you mean, carried himself on the field. Like There was just a nastiness about him. I love that about him. But sometimes the game just passes you by, brother, and we sitting here with our broke asses talking about, hey, you want to come play? <laughs> well, here we are, folks. So uh, without further ado, but we got some real serious things to talk about. Uh, let me bring on the one and the only. You know who it is the thigh master himself. Uh, he's going to be joining us very shortly, but I can't bring my guy on without, you know, I mean, give him his proper introduction. You know what I'm saying? So hang tight. We'll be right back with my guy, Alex, the thigh doc.
You got me put in the wrong video. Look at me. Like a damn rookie. <laughs> Watch out now. And gentlemen, it's my guy, Alex, the thigh dog. Alex, before we get into it, baby, uh, were you How out of doing? town? Were you out of town uh, this, this past weekend? I was. Where were you? Went to Disney. Disneyland, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. That was for the kid. He loved it. He's, a, he's into Star Wars now. It like kind of blossomed the uh, past two months. So we kind of hit it right. I gotta give you credit, man. Because how how old is your how old is your little man? He's seven. He's seven. Okay, so he's at the age where he appreciates it. Yeah. Okay, good because you so. can't bring the kids too young because then you just waste your money. But at seven, right. there's a bit of appreciation. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't like hit me over the head. Got him a stormtrooper uh, replica helmet. I saw that. That's dope. Yeah. Except I put it on him, and then uh, the stormtroopers come out, and of I'm course. like, "Hey, Rocco, let's uh, let's." Let's get a picture with them, and then he like kind of ran away. Of course, so. yeah. they get all, they get all shy all of a sudden. I don't yeah. know if you have a fan on in the background. If you could turn the fan off. Oh, you could hear that. We can hear that. I, well, I just wanted to stay cool because you know it's going to heat up in here a little bit. It is going to heat up. Now you hear a little a lot better. So listen, let's get right into the mess, bro. Bro, I mean, listen. I, let's just put it this way. I need to play this clip here because this is what's going to set this this tone up, so we understand what's happening. Uh, with the biggest injury of all is the Matt Milano injury. So I'm going to play this clip real quick, and then you can kind of break things down because right now I'm freaking out with this Matt Milano thing, man. I think we all are. I don't like it, but here we are, man. <clears throat> you kind of can talk me through it. Yeah, yeah. foot gets planted there. Settle, settle comes on top of him, uh, kind of hits a mid-shin there. I'm going to keep going. You keep talking. Yeah. I'll just keep looking it around. This is tough, man. Yeah, so right foot's going to get right dislodged under 99. Comes down, see how he slides down his like side of his thigh, and then you see you could see when it gives. It like it cracks right in the middle of the middle of the shin. There, it's, it's really not fun looking at it, man. No, here, okay, we get this is perfect. All right, hip hits him around the thigh, slides down, foot's trap, snap. Yeah, ah, uh, that's enough. So give give me, yeah, it is. That's that, that is enough. So give me for people that are dummies like myself, uh, how bad how bad is it? And yeah. Right now, the coaches are saying they're not even ruling him out for the season. So, like, you're like, yeah. so he's he's got to maybe you're saying we have a chance. Yeah. What's so, you know, a fractured bone's pretty predictable, right? You, you know, he's got to get a nail in it, some screws in it, um, plate, whatever. Um, those will heal in like eight weeks. Then you take a couple more weeks to kind of ramp up to uh, good physical activity. So about three month ordeal. The problem is if there's soft tissue involved. So that's usually it's a soft tissue injury right. and the, the secondary injury is the fracture. So the fact that he didn't rule them out is promising. Maybe it's just this fracture that has to be fixed. That's an ideal situation. What probably broke, uh, obviously something in his lower leg. So, you, you know, um, think of like a, a, a flat 
on a chicken wing, right? It's got okay. those two bones. That's like right. the, the fat one is your shin bone. That's called your tibia. Mm-hmm. And then the little one on the side is called your fibula. The best one to break is your fibula. Only like 20% of your body weight goes through your fibula. That's why T.O. was able to come back in only a couple of weeks for that Super Bowl. Um, if you remember, okay. he broke his leg, yeah. right? Yeah. So ideal situation, he snapped his, his fibula, okay? So they can, if it's bad enough that it needed surgery, it is what it is. They'll put it back together. He can come back in three months. Okay. Um, another option. Scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all what ifs. It's a high velocity. It's like almost like a car accident. That is basically what happened. His leg snapped. So if it's his tibia, that's a, a little hard. It depends on the fracture. But um, a lot of times in that situation, up in the knee area, like the top of the tibia, they call that a tibial plateau fracture. Okay. A lot of times they happen with ACLs. Um, those, those usually don't come back in three months, but some do. Uh, not all fractures are the same. If it's cracked in different places, they got to put screws all over the place. He's pretty much screwed. If it's just like one right. screw, boom, heals well, then yeah, he could come back in three months. Um, those ones have had anywhere from 12 weeks to 54 weeks for recovery. So you can see that's like a big variability with the tibial plateau fracture. Um, the lower leg ones can take like 10 weeks. You know what I mean? Like yep. the fibula and the tibia, if it's like isolated. So Hoping for the best. The fact they didn't rule them out, I'm thinking it's just that like fibula injury, but could be fibula and tibia. You, you don't know. It's you just know you just don't know. Like yeah, it's like like I said, it's like a car accident. Anything could have snapped there. Now it did look like he also had a knee injury. Okay. So based on how he folded up, that would be an MCL, the, the inside of the knee. Yep. Um. The, so those are the good ones to to sprain because they heal well. Okay. So anything under a grade three, which is like a total tear, they just heal them conservatively. So he can, he can get like, you know, the, the bone fixed and that'll heal up by the time that uh, the bone's ready to go. So Very if, interesting. if, yeah, if it did, if it was a grade three and they had to reconstruct the MCL, he's done. I mean, that's six months. So, so Scott um, Blicken comes in and says, why yeah. don't we know by now? Didn't Milano have surgery yet? Like, are they waiting for swelling to go down? I mean, that's I assume that's they wait for swelling to go down before they go, they do surgery, or are they still trying to assess and see what's happening? Uh, no, you wanna you wanna get that surgery in there pretty quick. Um, it's a fractured bone, so it's gonna hurt. But um, if it's not too displaced, do you, do you know do you know what displaced means? It's like Absolutely. the bone breaks. Yeah. Displaced away. means it's like way out like that. Yeah. Um, non-displaced means it's just cracked and it's it's not like moved apart. Because yep. the bone wants to heal right away. Your body's going to send stuff to, to repair it. So you don't want to, to heal like lopsided. So you yep. want to get that fixated real quick. Um, he's getting surgery. So it's if it didn't happen now, it's it's happening. It's happening. In the next 24 hours, I would assume. Um, the other thing is, is like basically because that was such a vicious hit, there those fibular fractures, because they're really close to the skin, sometimes they could snap and stick out of the skin. That's called a compound fracture. Um, yep. Oh, and poke and, out. Yeah. So those ones have to get, he would have had to have had surgery in, in the UK. Like that's like an emergency surgery. Um, a lot of risks with infection and stuff with that. So, so there's a, there's a lot that, that falls into this. Uh, it, yeah. It's not just like, oh, it was a break. No, no, no. Hold on. What kind yeah. of break? Was it displaced? Was it, was it together? Was it compound? Like there's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. So we hope. It, it's- yeah. From what McDermott said, now this is kind of how I, I make these guesstimates, right? You look at the injury, you hear what they say, you see what they listed. 
I'm hoping and I think it's a respectable guess that it's just a fibular fracture, a bad one that has to get surgically repaired. But um, three months is not out of the realm. So that's right around early January, which is postseason. Yeah. Wild cards, I think, look, it's like January 16th. That would be a much needed boost yeah. if we can get him back. So that's Milano. That's like one of that's the yeah. worst one that we got to talk about. Now we have Daquan Jones that's been playing sensational uh, football. And yeah. now he's got a pectoral tear potentially. So yeah. what's the he deal with that? I've, sure. and I've heard players yeah. come back from that, but how bad is his tear? Uh, it's torn enough where he has to have surgery, right? So Daquan's been playing out of his out of his mind. Yep. They they put that little stat about the double team thing today. Yep. He's like Chris Jones good. It's disgusting. Uh, yes. Imagine Milano goes out. At least you still got him plugging holes up in the middle, make it easy for the linebackers. This is like a, this is double bad. Now you're going to be leaking up the middle, and now you got uh, a huge drop off for linebacker. And it's just like this reminds me of when we were soft up the middle um, early in Edmonds' career, and we had trouble stopping the run. So Correct. we'll see how it goes. I mean, listen, we 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 surrendered two um, nearly two hundred yards without the likes of Milano and without the likes of Daquan Jones. So it tells you yeah. that those are two significant losses to this defense. Yeah. Now they, they did they did they did get knocked out early, um, and they yep. ran like eighty two plays. So those guys had to have been gassed. Oh, They're just not sure. used to that volume. I think uh, I think Ed Oliver played like sixty snaps, which is crazy. And that's normally half for him, man. He's usually in the in the forties, forties, forty five. Last. A couple more questions before you get out of here because I got uh, things to move on to, but I do need to talk about Christian Benford yep. and the and Christian Benford's injury. So I, I hear that it's day-to-day now, so that's yep. not a bad – but I've, I saw your assessment, though. That's like a, usually a, a two- to three-week type of injury, uh, give or take, to come back. A little One more – three. Or three. Shit, okay, talk to yeah. me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's AC joint sprain, so like where your clavicle – Meet your shoulder blade. It's a joint. It's called the AC yeah. joint. I mean, these things wear out as you get older. Like I do a little heavy bench press and it's like sore for a couple of days. Okay. So the guys bang these up all the time. I would say like 75% of football players have AC joint sprains. But when you get a nasty one like that, that's an acute sprain. So those will, those will take about two weeks. Now, it's not that he can't play with it. A bad one, you can't. So uh, Richardson, he got tackled onto his shoulder. Yep. They're saying he might have a grade three. He's going to be out like six weeks. This is more like a grade two. So okay. He's able to get back in the game, which is promising, but there's no way he did that without some type of pain medication. But to sure. numb it down, it hurts. You know what I mean? You can't sleep on it. So imagine trying to tackle someone. So it's a pain management issue. The team decided not to push it because the more you play on it while it's still sprained, it's just going to get re-aggravated. They probably thought we could squeak out another week. And uh, here we are. So, he was back in practice in a non-contact jersey, which means he's moving around pretty well. It's just a pain issue. You give him another week. I think I thought he was going to play, to be honest. So I don't see why he can't play this week. Um, and that's just kind of where I put it in assessment right now. That is unreal. So my last question, and I this is this is a tough one, man. People are talking about this jet lag, and yeah, and how it's a real thing. It's not a real thing. And you've got people that have their opinions on it. And I, I was talking to a, a colleague of mine, and he, I asked him if he's traveled before, if he's traveled overseas, what's the situation? He's like, listen, man, it's not as bad as people think. And and he's like, you just and what they this is what he tells me. You gotta walk, you walk off jet lag. I've never heard of walking off jet lag. Some people say to to get rid of the jet lag, you gotta walk it off. 
and, and you kind of assimilate and, and it gets you back on track. But yeah. I'm like, that's a nine hour flight from Buffalo to London. So when they left, I don't know exactly when they left, but I mean, that's just a couple of days to kind of acclimate yourself to, you know what I'm saying, a different time zone. Yeah. Jet lag. Real thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, these guys are, at, you know, they're peak athletes. And when things are a little off, they feel it. Now, I think, I think what happened was is they thought if they got a big enough plane, which I heard they did, these guys would sleep on the way there. Okay. Some guys probably did. Some guys probably didn't. I would make a guess that the guys who didn't sleep were a little off when they got okay. there. The guys who were able to sleep on that trip probably felt fine. So I think that had a lot to play with it. So the easy thing would to do would be leave early because the guys who couldn't sleep can catch up on it. And um, I think that was just a calculated uh, thing. I mean, he probably wants to keep guys home so they can be with their families and use the resources they have. I mean, it's like a give or take. So I don't know. Um, I bet some guys struggled with it and some guys did fine with it. Um, can I just go back to the uh, Daquan Jones, the pec repair, how long That's it takes? Yeah. Yeah. So they used to take six months, so he would be out for good. But that timeline has moved to about five months for an average recovery. However, there are some outliers. So J.J. Watt came back in 10 and a half weeks when they beat us in the playoffs in 2019. I remember that. And also Quan Alexander came back in 11 weeks, ironically, that same playoff. I'm pretty sure John Feliciano came back pretty early too from his pec tear a couple of years ago as well. Now it's all about the position. Anyone who has a pec tear comes back weak, right? Especially yeah. that early. There's a huge yeah. performance drop. And, you know, for JJ Watt, who did come back, he was playing like 90% of the snaps. He played like 40 in the playoffs. So you could just see that, like, even if he does, if Daquan can come back, he's just kind of going to be a shell of himself. But if his motor and his abilities trump the next guy and putting him in for 50% of his snap count can plug the holes on a couple run plays, you know, that's the difference between winning and losing. Man, listen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, I've heard Z-Boss say this before. I'm smarter every time I'm done talking to my man. Alex, the Thigh Master, I think, listen, Thigh comes in and gives you the goods. Not great news, but it's informative. I mean, like my man John Formicello just said, uh, salute to my man John Formicello. What's up, Johnny? Johnny says, bad news, but very informative. We appreciate that super chat, my G. And uh, it's true, man. None of this news is great. And now we've got to, we've got to, you know what I'm saying, mount up and, and yeah. next man up. And uh, Josh Norman has now joined the squad. He's on the practice <laughs> squad, obviously. So some people That's feel bizarre. some type of way about it. Uh, it is what it is, man. But uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, listen, informative information. That's why we have the resident doc. I trust every word this brother says. And it's all looking at the film. He's looking at the film. He's giving his assessment. And anytime that he's given his assessment, he's been pretty much bang on. I don't know how you do it, brother, but you do it. Yeah. Hey, it's probably for getting cool stuff like this. You see that poster in the back. Uh, big shout out to uh, Sons of Erie. Uh, you can find the guy on Instagram, uh, Student Body Right, Jeff Brady, former F FCS, former FCS. That's a subdivision of Division One football, linebacker, former captain, legend from St. Francis. Uh, Talk about it. How bro. should I even say this? Like, uh, Ilio DePaulo, he knows Ilio DePaulo. Like, what a legend! Real sicko too. And uh, if you like this, you get fifty percent off putting "overrated" as the promo code. 
I like it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know I me. Mean? You know what we got to do, man. Before you get out of here, you know it. I don't know if you got. I don't know if you got it in you, but we got to. Ah. Uh, so well, who are we playing this week? Uh, we're playing the Giants. We're playing the Giants. What do you got for us? I don't know. What do I got? I, I thought you were gonna say Siri play. There it is. A little more. You got a little more rhythm this time. I'm always got rhythm. Ladies and gentlemen, my guy, Alex, the side doctor. Listen, you guys can follow him at, at side doctor on Twitter. My man is rolling. And just like that, we're rolling out. Appreciate you. <laughs> Y'all have had enough of you, man. You're sick. Hey, tell, tell, tell Carl I want to see that. <laughs> I'll let him know, man. You're sick, bro. You're out of here. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. <laughs> My guy, Thai, Dr. Alex Lucci. Listen, man. Listen, as this is one guy that I appreciate very much, though, because he don't take stuff seriously, man. He puts out the stuff. Whether you like it or not, whether it's great news or not, man, is factual and is accurate. So, and I'm I'm always writing for my guy, and uh, he's that dude, man. So, without further ado, let me bring in. I mean, it's a hard hard act to follow, my bro. Hard act to follow, but here we are. <laughs> Salute to my man Carl Jones coming in from News Eight from the Rock. What's up, Carl? How you doing? Yeah, I can't really follow that up. I'm not gonna lie, my thighs don't really look that good. You know, it ain't. <laughs> They ain't really that swollen or like that. And I, that's, I'm going to leave that dancing to him, though. But it's good to be yeah, back. Boy. I'm telling you. So, man, listen. How you feeling, man? How you feeling about this This whole Bills losing this game? I'm sure there was a lot of questions you had. Like, yo, fam, like, what are we doing? Or how did they do this? Are you, are you still in film watching mode? Or have you watched the All-22 and you seen what you need to see? Yeah, I'm, 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 I've watched what I needed to see. Obviously, it's always good to go back and just confirm some things, you know, and all that good type of stuff. But, yeah, it was a, it was a wild loss. But, I mean, it's a week-to-week league. Things happen. You're, this isn't college, you know, where you can just, you know, the top five teams are just that much better than everyone else. You know, things sure. happen. If you things don't bounce your way, you will lose in this in this league. So, um, it's one of those games. And I think it's cool when you get to watch it back, you get to see some of the things and, and why they happen. Well, this is perfect because, I mean, I – like this this show that I do, uh, I have a variation of things that we do. And there's one that I have not done in some time. And I think this is the perfect time to reintroduce it for my man, Carl Jones. And I have a segment called Two Words or Two Thoughts. And pretty much, I mean, it's simple. It's self-explanatory. I put out a topic. I put out a player. I put out a subject. And you just give me your two thoughts on the subject. And uh, it allows you to give it a bit of thought. And if you just want to say, I plead the fifth, I ain't want to talk about it. Hey, all is good. But I know where you'll stand when you say, I can't, I don't want to talk about it because I know. So that being said, let's get into two words or two thoughts with my man, Carl Jones, in just a moment. joined by my man carl jones from news 8 the rock in rochester and uh listen we got to talk about this man because i've got to show listen i first of all take a look at this still shot and i want your two words or your two thoughts on this take a look at this oh that's not the one i want to show you hold on a second now hold on playing like a damn rookie over here your thoughts on this shot here what do you see here 
Uh, ah, man, that's a that's a explosive play that could have been much more. There's some some money left on the flow. I guess I'll say that money left. Money on the left on the flow. I'm telling you, is <laughs> money left on the floor. Um, and that's just a still shot because I have you. I have you know. I was cheesed when I saw this. I mean, maybe you might be cheesed as well because when I see clean pocket roll out, yo, let that thing go. No hell way. No way. There is no way the most elite quarterback in this game ain't letting that thing just let Diggs just run underneath that. I, I still can't understand it. And I'm sure it popped off on screen for you. So your two words, two thoughts. I know the still shot was one. Now that you see the video, is there still money left on the floor? Or is there more for you to, to kind of give an idea here? I mean, in a perfect world, of course, money's left on the floor. Uh, I mean, still shot uh, stuff is always uh, funny to see because you can tell a story however you want to tell it. Having said that, though, uh, I never played quarterback at a high level. They, you know, once I got to ninth grade, they say, you know, go catch the ball. Your arm not good enough. But what from playing, being around the game as long as I have, uh, you, when quarter, when players are wide open, mm. players have a tendency to just. Get him the ball. Like, I don't want to over – you never want to overthrow a wide-open guy. And that throw was still, I believe, like 55 yards in the air. Josh has a hose. So he can throw it 80 if he had to. We've seen him do it with a torn UCL, for for, uh, for goodness sakes. Having said that, though, um, bar throw, hindsight, you, of course, would want Diggs to run up under it. But when a guy's just wide open like that, just complete it. Just just make sure that it's not one of those things where it's a long foul ball or, or you underthrow it, you know. Um, like – earlier like later on in the game where they threw the interception where he kind of underthrew it to a certain extent which was a bit of a tough throw because he had pressure in his face but uh, i mean adding context to it just the completion was good enough of course in a perfect world though money was left on the floor money was left on the floor and i'll and I leave it at that i'm still i'm still irked by that because i think that play if we obviously connect on it it changes the, the trajectory of the whole game completely but neither here nor there because what's what, what's in the past is in the past but we still got things to talk about uh next subject these injuries, your thoughts on these injuries. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Man, I know the old football adage or just sports, just thoughts in general about next man up. Like, I've, I've you know, when you're playing, you abide by that and you got to trick yourself into saying that that's a real thing. But when you get to a certain level, especially in professional sports, these guys get paid handsomely for a reason. I mean, Matt Milano and Trey White weren't high dollar earners just because the Bills just want to do charity and hand out money for just for shits and giggles for put it put it in, to put it uh, bluntly um so i mean when you replace a guy like matt milano who for my money was probably a top three or four off ball backer in the league trey white who was getting back to his form uh daquan jones who was playing as well as any one technique in the league losing those guys aren't just something that you say next man up because the next man up can't play like they did like just facts is they just can't but what you can do is figure out ways, and this is where a coaching staff has to get creative and the players just have to step up, period. You can't make, maybe have the same playing style you used to have. I know the Bills, through the first five weeks of this season, really four and a half, they were really darn aggressive on defense, and it was exciting to see. It was yes. the, all the creative stuff they were doing on the back end because they knew that up front they were going to win. You can't really do that as much, especially when you're down a corner, uh, a will backer who can mask a lot of issues or – correct anything that happens in front of him and Naquan Jones who can stop a third and short by himself or with literally with one arm right which we saw in the Jaguars game so that's kind of how I feel about it I know next man up is the is the ideology but I mean it's not 
Like you, you got to figure out ways to compensate for those losses. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely agree and, and double down with you because like, I, I saw the difference because your, your original starters, there's a sense of discipline. There's a sense of knowing your assignment. There's a sense of like, I know my assignment. I know how this, what my role, my one eleven, what they like to say is supposed to do. But when you have guys that are not used to being under the lights and now they're getting out of pocket and, and not and losing contain, it changes the defense completely. Now that's what I saw. I mean, no knock on Kingsley Jonathan, because I love Kingsley Jonathan, but there were mo- there were some moments where he was out of out of position and broke and obviously broke contain, and there goes a big play. Um, but you're totally right. Next man up is great, but is that next man? <laughs> The man, you know what I'm saying? And to be the man, you got to be better than the next man. And you're there where you're you're where you are for a reason. <laughs> it's just what it, what it becomes. So uh, next subject up, the run game. Your thoughts on this run game. And before you get your thoughts off, bro, I am as frustrated as you would would believe with this run. Because we, A, we go to, we're, we're promoting 12 personnel, two tight end sets, right? We got, we brought in Damian Harris is known for his red zone, his red zone threat His known for being a, a banger bruiser over back. Latavius Murray known for a banger bruiser over back. 29 yards. James Cook, five carries for minus Reggie Bush yards. Like, fam, what are we doing? The run game. I want your thoughts on this run game, man. Yeah, it's they're still trying to figure out that perfect blend between 12P. Uh, the numbers have never been consistent from week to week. I know week one, I believe it was something like 60 odd percent of like the Bills offensive snaps with two tight ends on the field. Right. Uh, and then that number has obviously dramatically gone down since then. But they're still trying to find that perfect marriage of how they want to implement some of their newer pieces and then just this new style of offense that they want to play. Having said that, though, coming into this game, the Jaguars' defense was really stout against the run against majority of the teams that they play. They play a really attacking downhill game. And I think that one area they took advantage of that the Bills really didn't lean on, which kind of shocked me considering the success that they had in that department the first four weeks, was going under center. Whether that was play-action game, whether it was just Josh just dropping back three-step, five-stepping, letting, fl- uh, letting it fly, or just under center, under center stuff, especially since – the Bills are kind of leaning away, and I agree with it, of just letting Josh Allen do read option and out of shotgun runs, where if Josh Allen isn't a threat to be a runner on a just a legit, you know, design run, as a defense, as a defender, I'm not counting him in the box. Because that's the reason why Josh Allen as a runner is so beneficial for an offense. You have to count him in the run game now. Like all mm-hmm. the defensive run game is about numbers. And since I agree, since you don't need to do that in September, defenses are going to tee off, I guess, for a better, uh, for lack of a better term, on those shotgun runs, where I thought that in the past, under center, they were able to get some push um, in that department. But kudos to the Jags as well. They're up front. They really hit the Bills in the mouth, especially when the Bills are trying to run from shotgun. See, and this is the thing, and and. As Kendra, as you're you're an offensive coordinator. I ain't no offensive coordinator, right? I'm just a spectator. I, I would just put it out there. I'm just a spectator. I got views. <laughs> I got views like my man Drake, but I, I'm just a spectator. Yeah, I see you like that. But anyway, but I look at this and I'm like, all right, so you're running out of shotgun. Your 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 running back is getting pummeled. He's getting he's losing yardage. He's your RB1. We're statistically better when we're under center. You think that we just, you know what? Our advantage is if we're under center, but he stuck to for I think it was Dan Fights 
or Fates. I don't know how you, how you I think it's Dan Fights. Fates. Yeah, Dan and Fates. Yeah. He had a, I hope I, did I bring it on there? I didn't. He had a, he had a stat where it was like, we were in shotgun 80% of the damn time. 80%. Fam, like, what, like, did you, for, did you forget your brain in Buffalo when you came to Buffalo? Like, fam, Dorsey, like, I don't know what my man was doing. I love what he gave us against the Dolphins, but against this Jaguars, he was like, no, we're going we gonna to do shotgun and it's going to work. But like you said, and I love what you said, it works if you, if you have a threat of a quarterback that's going to take off. But now you've, you've, you've muzzled that quarterback. You said, nah, we ain't going to do that. So as an as, as a offensive coordinator, are you thinking that, but they think he's going to do it, so it's always going to be in the back of the defense's mind. But you haven't done it all season. So we, like you said, we're going to tee off on your running backs. 29 yards is absolutely unacceptable. But here we are. The run game is in question once again. Man, this inconsistency is killing us as Bills fans, bro. It's killing us. And I'm sure you're teeing off in your, in your, when you're writing your articles, you're like, man, you, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to let you professionals do that. I'll, I'm going to just speak on it because like that, that stuff don't make no sense to me. So I'm glad that you're able to kind of shed some light uh, on that because that defense is good. I heard, I think they were like number four against the run. I get it. But like an aggressive defense. And this is another thing. I, I'm sorry. I got to bring this up. This is another thing. I mean, you watch the film. Are we not like against a, against a, and you've played defense, so you know it. If I have a defense that's super aggressive and they're fast to the football, Josh Allen on the other side is just he's a menace. I'd run a nice little screen. You want to be aggressive? You want to be aggressive? Boop, there goes the screen. Now you're going to calm your asses down because you can't just be as aggressive because I'm going to hit that screen. Not one screenplay called. I just don't get it. Carl, next, next on the list, Ken Dorsey. Your thoughts on Ken Dorsey? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The last time the Bills have run a, a well-run sc- screenplay in a while. It's been, it's been, it's been a minute in that uh, department. Uh, it was the running back. Let me just put it that way. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, that's 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 funny. Uh, I thought this season Ken Dorsey has a, a a really darn good job. I I will admit this though. I didn't think Sunday was his best game. Um, having said that though, you can call a game and still the players just not execute the the given call on that play. Like for example, James Cook dropping the pass on the first drive of the game has nothing. Like Ken Dorsey can't go out there and make him catch it for him, right? Or I wrote down something else where Dalton Kincaid on the second drive of the game where it was another three and out where he was one yard shorter to sticks. That's not Ken Dorsey, you know, telling him to, hey, I want you to stop right here. Like, you can't fight for that extra yard. So there is a nice little blend, and it's never as concrete as saying one person is the end-all, be-all for the reasoning of why something didn't work out. Having said that, though, as we just talked about the under-center stuff, they didn't get under-centered until, I believe, the ninth play of the game. Uh, and that was because it was third and one. Like, that's the only reason I believe they got under-centered. They needed, they to, they needed to get – I think they did convert, yes. But – <laughs> that was the only reason they did get up under there. And then they sporadically, as Dan Fates uh, alluded to with his tweet, you know, they really lean with the shotgun stuff. And look, I will say this, though. We don't know how comfortable everyone is leaning in one, living in one world versus the other. And I'm not saying that I'm not speaking for Josh Allen and I'm not speaking for Ken Dorsey when I say this, but I've been around the game enough and I've been around enough quarterbacks to know that you have to call a game at the end of the day for the comfortability of the players out there. We don't know if Josh Allen is 10 times more comfortable in the shotgun and he is grinding his teeth every single time he has to go under center. We don't know that. And I know that some players really enjoy being in shotgun. Like Joe Burrow, for example, loves shotgun, loves it. I mean, you can date it back to his LSU days where he was literally an empty for like damn near half of the game and was just torturing everyone because he just feels more comfortable there. 
Not saying this is an issue with Buffalo, but that is something that I will be have a keen eye on going forward, just based off the fact that, you know, some players just aren't comfortable doing certain, whether it's O-linemen who love being under center, because obviously O-linemen just like hitting people, right? So at the end of the day, I'm sure they do like the under center stuff where they're not going side to side and they can just go straight downhill. So that is something that I've thought about and I would definitely be looking at going forward. I'm so glad you brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up because I've been thinking about this because I'm like, there are plays as a, I, when I played, when I played tailback, there were plays where coach would call a play. I'm like, oh, that play. All right, fine. You know what I'm saying? Let's run it. You know what I'm saying? Or I know this defense is killing us and he calls a dive play. I was like, fam, really? We're doing a dive. Like they're killers on this. Let's try to change something up. So maybe it's a setup. Obviously it's chess when you're playing, when you're offensive coordinator. Now you alluded to something where, I mean, sometimes it's a, it's an, it's a, it's a, a, a question of execution. So you mentioned third and one, we went under Sunder and we succeeded, right? I love that. Yeah. I see that the head tilt. So then we're third and two, we empty the backfield and, and thank you. So to me, if you want to move the chains, you do what we do best. Get your dogs in there. If you don't want, if you don't want Harris, you put Latavius. You don't want, you know, we have that. It's just, I'm not there. I'm watching from TV so I could arm ch- armchair GM all I want. But like when you see something that simple, it's like, take advantage of it, man. But it's all about comfortability. Like you said, like maybe Josh is way more comfortable in shotgun. But sometimes as a, as a OC, damn what you're comfortable with is what's going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just no, saying. Sorry. But I love, I love your assessment on that. And I'm, and I'm with it. So, uh, you know the drill, man. You've you've taken a couple notes, and uh, we've had an opportunity to kind of, you know, you have an idea. So this is your, this is not your first rodeo with the with the squad. So the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, there was some there was some good things that happened in this game. I really loved it. Uh, can I start off? Go ahead, be my guest. Let's, let's go, man. AJ Epinesa was absolutely on fire. He was on fire, man, and he seized the opportunity. He's he's a he's relegated to a relief position. Obviously, when you got Greg Rousseau, you got Von Miller coming back, and uh, you got some dogs in the squad. Epinesa came in and showed you, yo, like don't don't write me off. You know what I'm saying? This is a contract year for him as well because this is his last year of his contract, so he's got to go hard. But man, was he ever everywhere, creating turnovers, batting the ball down, putting these guys in such stressful positions. Talk to me about AJ Epinesa and your. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Watching the film and how dominant this brother was because he was sensational. Yeah, there was a timeliness of the plays, right? Obviously, um, as a defensive end, there are those guys who are just wrecking havoc every single play. Those are your... Your Bosa's, Parsons, Crosby's, yeah. the dudes who are in the D, the DPO, uh, DPOY, excuse me, award race every single year. Absolutely. But then there's those next tier of guys who just make the plays when you need it most. And for a guy like AJ Epinesa, who really hasn't been that throughout his tenure in Buffalo, for that to happen at a time that they needed him, Greg Rousseau is not there. Leonard Floyd is playing on uh, one ha- like half of a wheel at this point. True. Von Miller is on a on a pitch count for him to step up timely plays especially that um that sack fumble excuse me right before half and how clean it was i mean it's funny he looked like von for a second the way he was dipping and ripping i'm like yo hold on like hold on who that 
who that over there? Like, I know Von be wearing sleeves, so it's kind of hard sometimes to know who he is. But I'm like, hold on, what's going on out there? So it was very impressive to see what AJ did. And you just hope with all the injuries behind him, you know, whether that's at Milano and then Trey White, that those guys up front can continue to carry this unit for the rest of the season. 100%. Before I even get back here, because I want to give you, because that was my good. You ain't going to steal my good. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to let you give your good. But before I even do that, dude, everyone in this chat right now, we got we got a couple hundred people watching right now. Do us a favor. Even when you are re-watching this later on or you're joining the show later, follow this guy right here on Twitter. I'm telling you, don't miss out. Follow him. I Listen, tell your at, because you don't have it in your thing, but I think it's Carl, what, Jones 11? I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, Jones 11 underscore. Jones 11 underscore for those who uh who want to go. I got some good stuff on there for Shirley. Yeah. Listen, stop playing. Go and follow this man. I'm telling you right now. And I will continue to bring this brother on because I don't know. This guy's a gem in Buffalo. And they, listen, man, they they, they slipping. I ain't slipping because I know town when I see it. And that's my man's right here. Carl Jones, Jones 11 underscore. Hit him up on Twitter. So you're good. I'll give you maybe one or two things that you saw that were really good because I mean, there was a good things in this one. But we're going to get into the tougher things and the bad and the ugly, right? So you're good in this. Yeah, I mean, for me, watching it back, and it's, he could be the good for probably 15 of the 17 weeks. But when you – I'm a really – I'm a fan of, like, the craftiness of the game. Obviously, um, you got your freaks out there who you just go, like, wow, he really did that. But when you watch Stephon Diggs play and then you watch it back, you're like, cherish these moments. That's no, no other way I can put it. Just cherish – how he goes to work and how he he's so meticulous with everything that he does. Um, whether it's, I mean, that touchdown before half where he looking like, you know, the karate, uh, seen the karate kid where wax on, wax off, get up off me. I'm going for six. As a DB, I cringe watching that because I was like, damn, I've been there before. Where I've missed at the line of scrimmage against someone I had no business two-hand jamming against. And now I'm looking at tail. Point blank period. Right. And just all the things that he does. He had another phenomenal game um, for the Bills. Most games I go in just watching him just because I'm just a fan of the of his craft and his game. But, man, he really had another game out there across the pond. And I'm not going to lie, this, the Ronaldo celebration was definitely uh, tier one as well. It was tier one. And I will say this, man, because I've seen DBs whiff and miss. And it was one of those freeze frames. You're probably wondering how the F I got here. Well, I tried to jam one of the best receivers in the damn game, Mr. Stephon Diggs. Oh, shit. He just scored a TD on me. I look like ass. That's what that DB was like. It's a, you got, it's, it's a tough task to cover Stephon Diggs. And I've said this before. I'm so glad. Carl, man, we are on one because I'm so glad you said it. Because I was in, I was, actually, it was on my pod with my, with my man's Pierre and Bobby, which is going to come out for the, for, the, for the Bing squad coming out soon. And I said, I said, we're taking him for granted. This guy is sensational, and we're taking him for granted. So when you see him getting mad on the sideline, when you see him get – because he saw something. And if he's telling you, you know what I'm saying, like this is what it is or that's what it is, like we're probably looking at a future Hall of Famer, and we're going to sit here and say we wasted that future Hall of Famer bullshitting, running 80% out of shotgun when we could really be, you know what I'm saying, helping him out by showing a little bit of run, let these guys come in, and hit him. But Diggs is going to get his regardless. I'm so glad you mentioned it because he is amazing. And his mindset is second to none. Like when DeMar Hamlin went down, I don't know if you if you realized it, but when DeMar Hamlin went down, he was the one that was like, all right, everybody, let's go. I and mean, we got shit to get handled. Let's let's have everyone. Say, 
we don't know what's happening. And as they should, because naturally, like, yo, my brother's down right now. The Diggs is like, yo, we locked in, fam. We got a game to win. Let's let's roll. And that's been his mentality this whole time. Hey, do you have jet lag, man? Hey, give me that. Don't give me that shit, man. I'm ready to play ball, man. I don't know about anybody else. I can speak for myself. I'm ready to roll. That's the type of mentality this whole team needs, man. I'm sorry. I just went off right now. But, like, I'm saying, you just got me fired up because I love Stefan Diggs, man. He is – that's my guy. That's my guy, man. I don't care what everybody, anybody wants to talk about. If if we can get 85% of the team that's got his mentality, yo, ain't nobody touching us. But they got to catch up to him. Catch up? That's what they got to, man. I appreciate that, man. You, you got me fired up when you said that, man. And great point. Let's go – the next one because this is where it gets a little tough now the bad <laughs> did anything stand out to you because i I have a few things that stood out to me but I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna leave it to you what you got yeah staying on the offensive side of the ball i didn't think the bills did a good job of passing off pressure or just handling some of the the looks that the jags defense provided especially i would say through the first two and a half quarters of the game those last two drives the jags didn't bring much pressure if any at all they sat down a lot of shell looks cover two um, cover four looks where they really didn't um, come at Josh with more than four four players. Yep. But at times where they're bringing guys, like for example, um, I wrote it down somewhere on my notes. But there was a nickel blitz. Yeah, excuse me. First drive of the second half, third down, I believe. The nickel comes off the edge, and he's just not accounted for. Whether that's Josh' responsibility, I'm not an offensive lineman. I want to preface this too. I'm a big believer. I have way too much respect for the game of football to act like I know everybody's responsibility. Right. Having said that, though, I've been around the game enough that I, I know it's somebody's problem. Uh, somebody's uh, responsibility. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So whether that was Josh being accountable for him, whether they should have slid that way. Regardless, there was an unblocked defender nickel off the edge that forced a very fast throw from Josh. First drive of the second half. Gabe Davis was open over the middle. Regardless if that was a read or not, he was open. So I'm just thinking of examples like that where they didn't really account for the pressure well, and that led to the passing game not really getting clicking at all until the Jacks kind of took their foot off the gas, and then the Bills um, just started tacking downfield. So I didn't think at all the Bills did a good job, whether that's the offensive line communication, Josh not sliding protection a certain way, backs not. For a couple reps, uh, James Cook didn't really do well in pass pro either. So just the entire unit up front, Josh, backs, O-line, didn't do a stellar job in that department. I'm gonna tell you, man. Uh, I can't. I can't disagree with that, man. Because on it, there's, there's some things where it just it just seemed off with the offense. The offense just was not clicking, and we just weren't. I guess we weren't just seeing things. And prime example, that nickel blitz coming in and unaccounted for, and you just created a pressure, and now you rushed my pass, and now incomplete, and now we're like third and long or whatever the case is. So, one one thousand percent, you on it. Um, the bad for me, I mean, I could go several places, but it stands out. It stands out way too much to me. Forty carries, forty touches for the running backs for the Jacksonville Jaguars, rushing for 196 or 197 yards. It's tough. Like you can't win many games when you allow almost 200 yards rushing. And the Bills have been subject to allow these type of games, and that's the inconsistency that drives Bills fans nuts. Granted, we're missing some big pieces on this team, right? But you still got Ed Oliver in the middle. You still got Tim Settle. Tim Settle ain't no scrub, right? Uh, you still got, you know what I'm saying, a, a very good team. So like, And you got a defensive coordinator that knows how to adjust and make some things happen. And the crazy thing is, I talk about the 200 yards being put on them. 
but they stopped and made big plays when it counted and gave the ball back to the offense. So you got to give credit to them. But those 200 yards, I, I, it doesn't sit well with me because we're gonna we're going up against some gauntlet of, of some guys right now. Like we're going up against Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy and ready to go. Now most people want to say, man, Saquon is playing with the Giants' old line. They trash, but Saquon's a special player. You let him get to the crease, you let him do some, he'll hurt you, right? Then we got to go against Stevenson and that putrid offense in New England. I don't know what's going on over there, but they got they got Zeke and they got they got Stevenson. And when they see that we could be run on, guess what? They're going to run the football. And you, you got to stop it, right? They might turn the game where we're going to keep you off the field and we're going to kill the clock. And that's exactly what the Jaguars did to us because they had nearly 40 minutes of time of possession. That's another damn, that's another damn problem. And then we got Tampa with Rashad White, but we, we, we don't know anything about Rashad White too much. I know him, but he ain't, he ain't like that. But anyway, that was my thing. That's what that stood out to me. Uh, last but not least, sir, we're going to talk. We're going to go to the ugly. And I'm not going to let you get out with an easy one and say the injuries. We know. We know, okay? Cut it out. What you got? <laughs> uh, the pass defense against anyone who was trying to guard Calvin Ridley, point blank period. Uh, it was – It was. Uh, now, I want to preface this by saying Calvin Ridley don't get the respect that he deserves. Now, granted, most of that is his fault, his own doing with the gambling suspension that he had last year. And then the year before that, he took a mental break from the game. But as someone who is a huge college football fan who has followed this brother since he came, stepped foot on Alabama's campus, and then he was dominant off, uh, opposite of Julio Jones and then had a really darn good year when Julio left, Calvin really has always been that boy, like always. He just has been away from the game so long that we kind of forgot. And week one, he had a stellar outing. The next few weeks, he had some drops, didn't get incorporated as well. This past week, he kind of reminded everyone of who the hell he is. Yep. Having said that, though, I don't think the Bills, whether it was Kyrie Elam, um, Dame Jackson, and some zone reps, once in the second half, Trevor Lawrence realized that he had Calvin Ridley and no one on the Bills secondary could do anything about it. It was a wrap. It was on and popping. Like, that's really yeah. what it looked like. And the Bills, like, when you're watching live, and I want to say this for fans at home, just because someone is near that defender, I mean, near that receiver, doesn't mean it's his fault. Like, there were a couple reps where Kyrie Elam is isolated on uh calvin ridley and it's like oh i gotta be kyrie's fault kyrie didn't play great and, and and that's putting it nicely having said that though a lot of those reps aren't like oh my gosh kyrie is like he's in the vicinity it gotta be his damn fault like no they're in the zone coverage and for example i think the best example of this is when the bills were uh jaguars were backed up it was like third and ten or whatever and kyrie's playing press bell top of calvin ridley as someone who played the game if you um give up a deep ball on the on the plus five yep i promise you you're gonna sit on that bench and coach not gonna put you back in until next week at practice like that's just how it is like that's just how it is and in a point where and someone who is explosive as calvin really is like humming off the ball you damn skippy i'm gonna get out of there now he could have had a much better break but like why he didn't break the pass up he was never breaking that pass up that was just a good call better offense scratch scratch it up let's get to the better uh next play but man they're going to get catch some breaks over this next month because they don't really play a player as dominant as Calvin really from here on out. But boy, I told you last week, situationally, Trey White's going to be missed. And we saw when the money was on the line. Oh, yeah. They trusted Micah Hyde to stop Calvin really. And that was the issue. You called it. And that see, and that's a, that's that's a problem right there. And we like Micah Hyde. I think Love Bill Mafia loves Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde is also not a lockdown corner. 
He's an all pro safety, not a lockdown corner. <laughs> and I found that bizarre when because I was like, who got beat like that? I was like, oh, Mike Hyde. I was like, OK, I was like interested. And I saw what they did. They were bringing the house. They were going to put the pressure on him and pretty much forcing an errant throw. But you're also going up against a former number one freaking quarterback drafted number one quarterback going up against a guy that's been cooking y'all all day. It's going to work. They were they were cooking that day. And Micah Hyde just got beat, man. It just happens. And everybody got work. <laughs> everybody got work. Calvin Ridley was that dude that day. And uh, you got to give him credit. I mean, too many big time. And that's another thing. Too many big time plays were given up. 32 yarder, 22 yarder, uh, 27 yarder. Big plays were given up. And it's disheartening. Um, but yeah, man, yo, Calvin really was that dude, man. So love that you brought that up. Uh, for me, the ugly, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna bring, I'm, I have something I want to bring up, but I, that's going to be its own segment. Cause I know I'm, I'm watching your time. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you go soon. Cause you know, you got business to handle, but, um, the ugly for me was just the inconsistency, the penalties, the things that got drawn back. Like we'd make a big play and then, and you get nullified because we weren't disciplined enough. And to me, that killed a lot of our momentum. We had like, I think we had like nine penalties for just shy of a hundred yards or something of that, something of that nature. We just can't, we can't have that. That's, that's going to kill all momentum. Not on, not, not only that is like, they, they got up quickly on us. They got up quickly and we just could not find a rhythm. And when you can't find a rhythm, now you're getting phantom holding calls and uh, Jordan Poirier, uh, big time, third down time, third down stop. Jordan Poirier gets hit with a, with a penalty. I hate that penalty, first of all. Jordan Poirier doesn't know if he's catching that. His back is to him. And that happens, man. That drove me nuts, man. So there were some inopportune moments where we we draw a penalty, or excuse me, we we commit a penalty, and it kills our drive. And that's the thing that stood out to me. That was very disheartening, and it killed momentum for the Bills. Now, before you get out of here, man, um, it's the milk carton alert, man. I'm not going to leave it on there. I don't know if you can move yourself over more so you're not in yeah, yeah, get in there because I, I need to keep that up there so we know who's part of the milk carton. Is there anybody that stood out? Anything, anybody that, man, where, where was that at? Where were you at? Like, what stands out to you? Man, now watching it makes sense. And when you're watching it live, you we were going to all have opinions upon it and now watching it back. But through the first five weeks, you're seeing these other rookie tight ends have success. Michael Mayer last night. Um, whether Sam Laporta, who's always thought was a phenomenal player. I mean, if you want to get a good tight end, just go to Iowa. They have they've had good ones for the past decade now. Having said that, though, Dawson Kincaid's usage, right? He's been more of a check down guy as opposed to the guy that we saw coming out of Utah. And looking back at the film, once again, not a quarterback, don't know their damn reads and not in their meetings. But there were definitely opportunities where he's down the field and he's open enough. Right. So whether that's a situation where. You know, Josh just trusts Diggs more because, I mean, Josh, a couple of those plays, he just gave the ball to Diggs and Diggs made something happen. So, I mean, who am I to tell Josh Allen wrong when he go to get the ball to 14? Having said that, though, you're discouraged when you watch it. Like, man, you drafted a first-round tight end. Where is the returns on the investment, right? I don't think it's a Dawson and K issue to this point. I think it's a way they have to figure out a way to incorporate him and make him more of a consistent figure going forward because he has shown – there was one play where he just – beat a safety like a drum across the middle and just Josh went to digs instead. It was a complete pass. So who cares? But you're like, damn, is he getting open? And you're like, but it's not, it's not the Kincaid's fault. It was just Josh went somewhere else with the ball. So I believe that um, going forward is like, all right, what you, you want to see where Kincaid can get incorporated into the offense and be a bigger figure. Cause I mean, you don't finish first round pick on a guy who's not going to contribute. Right. I mean, you get this guy cheap for five years and you got to pay him. 
So figure out a way to make things work in that department. Yo, Carl Jones from News 8, bro, you crushed this. You crushed it. Because I'm going to tell you, man, nobody wants to say it. Nobody wants to talk about it. But, like, when you draft someone, not only do you draft this person, you trade up and you piss off the Dallas Cowboys that probably would have used them because Lord knows Dak Prescott could use his ass over Ferguson. You know what I'm saying? And that's a whole nother damn ball game. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to ever hear someone try to compare Dak Prescott to Josh Allen again. I don't want to ever hear that nonsense. But anyway, I digress. But Dalton Kincaid's usage is absolutely piss poor. It's piss poor. And it, to, in my opinion, it comes down to it's the trust factor, man. And when Josh Allen trusts you, he goes to you. It's just that simple. I mean, for crying out loud, he trusts... He trusts freaking Dawson Knox more than he trusts Kincaid. And I don't get it. And I understand it because you guys have been playing forever, so you get it. But, like, Josh, fam, yo, you find a way to get that guy the football because he will help you. Now, you can't neglect 14, though. You can't neglect 14. That's the problem, man. When you got an elite receiver over there, if I have to choose between Dalton Kincaid and my elite receiver when I know my elite receiver is going to do it, I'm going to my elite receiver. But, golly, I understand it. Dorsey's got to find a way to get Kincaid involved. And now he's in concussion protocol. Lord knows if we're going to see him next week. And now it's going to be something else. And let me tell you, I'm going to keep this up because I, this is who I got to say I got to put on the milk carton alert. All right? You three brothers getting paid way too much money for you not to be freaking used. Where y'all at? Shurfield, where you at? I have not heard from Shurfield. I haven't heard Trent do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Now, whether his fault or not, Something's got to give. Deontay Hardy, fam, where you at, fam? Like, we paid you good chunks of money, not just to be a kick return, punt return, dude. We need you to do something, man. Step up and make Josh like a target. And Josh saw you near the end of the game, which is cool, but we could use that all game long. You know what I'm saying? And lastly, and you've alluded to it, Kincaid, man. Now, to their fault, that's a whole nother ball game. Now, that is on Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey's got to figure out a way to use his weapons, man. Stop making, stop leaving money on the floor because that's exactly what he's doing. Money on the flow. That's coming from my man, Carl Jones. Anyway, folks, Carl Jones' time is up. I've taken too much of your time, and I always appreciate you. You got things to do, so much love to you. And you know me, I'm going to hit you up again. <laughs> I'm going to hit you up early, and we're going to do it. I'm, I'm with it, man. It's, it's, a, it's a fun opportunity. I love what you got going on over here. Uh, I love talking ball. I mean, I can talk all day if, I, if my time and my job allowed to do so. Understood. But uh, I've definitely enjoyed this segment and would love to keep coming back on. Listen, and we will definitely have you come back on because, I mean, listen, great insight. And it's just love to I, – I, when we see things and you're like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a nobody. Who, what do I know, right? Let the, <laughs> and then when the professionals come in or, you know I mean, someone that's done the game and that's doing the film study echo the same sentiments, you're like, all right, maybe I do know a little something. I may not have the platform this brother has, but I got a little something. So we appreciate you. Listen, folks, Jones underscore, excuse me, Jones11 underscore. Play him up, Twitter. Do me that favor. Just, you need to follow him because his stuff is great. We appreciate you, Carl. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side, man. We'll, we'll see you, man. Salute to you. Have a good day, brother. Likewise, you have a good one. Yes, sir. Woo! I would almost choke right there, bro. That was such an emotional show. Just kidding. Um, fam, that was fun. That was fun. Carl hit it out the park. 
with a lot of the things that he was talking about. The the I don't he didn't say underappreciation of Diggs, but he says we are we're witnessing something fantastic. We're witnessing something great, very good, very great in Stefan Diggs. I hope we don't waste it. I really don't. I really hope we don't waste his his pet. You know what I'm saying? His you know what I'm saying? The the <clears throat> the amount of skill he brings to the team, the amount of passion he brings to the team, the amount, everything he brings to Buffalo is something that all players need to emulate. This guy's that good, man. He's that good. And salute to my man, Ronald Riggler. Ronald comes in and says, Rico looking smart in retrospect, advocating Brees over Elam. Well, Mr. Ronald Riggler, I've been trying to tell people. I'm not just a pretty face, people. I'm not just a chocolate drop. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just a Rico Suave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I see it. I see it for what it is, man. And Brees, and it wasn't a matter of Brees over Elam. It was just Brees at the time was the best fit for the team that we had. And he's a talent. He's a talent, man. Look at Bijan Robinson. I'm telling you right now, Bijan, people are, were, are, are probably sitting there, what? The Falcons picked Bijan Robinson, a running back in the first round? Do you think they regret picking Bijan Robinson? Not one bit. If they can get a better better quarterback play, this team would be way ahead. Bijan Robinson is a star, and that's why they grab him. I don't buy this whole "don't take a running back in the first round." No, you grab the guy that will make your offense that good. Fam, Brees Hall is a G. He's killing it, man. How could you not? How could you not love a guy like Brees Hall? But anyway, I digress. So, <clears throat> I I wanted to press. A little more. I wanted to press a little more on the the play of Kyrie Elam, and uh, and and it sounds like we're picking on Kyrie Elam, but it's it's really not because if you really think about it, everyone got picked on in the secondary. Everyone got picked on in the secondary. If your name was Micah Hyde, you got picked on. If your name was Jordan Poirier, you got picked on. If your name was Dane Jackson, you got picked on. If your name was Kyrie Elam, you got picked on. We got picked on in the secondary. And it was it was evident with those big plays. And obviously, Trevor Lawrence going for 300 yards. The run game going for almost 200 yards. These guys put up almost 500 yards of total offense on us. Man, we did not come out to play. Well, at least for the 49 minutes. And then we woke up. Somebody cracked the smelling salt finally and was like, all right, mother effers, wake up. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> there are some players and there are some, some, um, some personnel on the Bills organization that, you know I mean, we're watching you now. We watch you. All eyes are going to be on you. And there are several players for me that my eyes are going to be watching going forward with the slew of matchups coming up up against formidable foes, if you will, but some that, you know what I mean, we should be able to take advantage of. We should be able to take care of. Uh, there was a crazy stat that my man Zeba put out that he found somewhere where 11 out of 11 teams that have gone to play in London and have returned and their next game, even if, and without a buy, their next game, they were either trailing up until the fourth or they were tied up until the fourth quarter. I'll be damned 
if we are tied or trailing to the New York football giants with either Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback, and I love Tyrod Taylor, or Daniel Jones as your quarterback, I, <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that that would piss me off if that were to ever happen. And I hope we do not make it a 12 for 12. We need to come out here, get our, get our game back together, and, and just come out here and make make a point. Now, there is another statistic that's quite alarming, which brings us back to last year because the stigma the last few years, actually, has been the Bills, whenever it's close, one-score game, we don't do well. Now, last year, we debunked it because there were plenty of one-score games that we were actually on the receiving end that we won. But for the most part, we either blowing teams out or we're losing to the team because it's very close. So there's, there comes a time where we got to go back to revert to last year where we can win these close games. We can't go back to blowing teams out or we're losing all these close ones. We just can't have that, right? We lost a close one to the Jets. And then we lost a close one, obviously, yesterday to the to Jaguars, right? And all the other ones, we blew them out. We blew out the Raiders. We blew out the Commanders. We blew out the freaking Dolphins. Like, it's either we blow these guys out or it's we losing these close ones, man. We can't, refer, we can't revert back to that crap. We can't. We got to be more of a consistent team. And right now, we're very inconsistent. I mean, we're consistent where we want to be. Blow these teams out. And then when it comes down to it, we're losing these close ones. We can't have that, man. So we got to get it. We got to get it together. So all eyes will be on our performance next week. All eyes specifically will be on how Josh Allen reacts and how he comes back to playing up against his old offensive coordinator that knows everything about Josh Allen, right? He's going to say, hey, he doesn't like this. He doesn't like that. Come from this side. This is his deficiencies. This is how we're going to attack Josh Allen. So Ken Dorsey, all eyes are going to be on you because now you're going up against the teacher, right? You are the student. Now you're going up against the teacher. So now this is your opportunity to prove that you've learned something and that you've now shown that this is your team. And this is how we run things here. But you can't tell me you're going to sit here and shotgun 47, 47 plays out of 52 and be like at 80, 80 plus percent in shotgun and you think you're going to win. How'd that, how'd that prove for you this, last, this past game? We succeed when we're under center. Is that simple? It's a team game. I don't give a damn if Josh like I don't like playing under center. I want to be on shotgun. Man, shut your ass up and get under center, because that's how we're gonna we're gonna have success. And Josh is way more dangerous that way, man. His back to the defense turns around. Now he can survey the field. If he doesn't like what he sees, he takes off. And that's what defenses hate the most because he's so damn hard to defend. At a shotgun, it's just what it is. Oh, James Cooks is running that football? Please. And that's another thing, too. James, I need better from you, bro. I don't care. <clears throat> I don't care what it is. I need better from you, man. <sighs> this guy's blowing. You, you blow on this brother, he goes down. That's the one knock that I have on, on this brother. Now, you've heard me say this before. This ain't new. This ain't news. And, if he's, and sometimes it's about matchups. That's why you went with, and this is another thing that kills me, right? You went with a running back by committee. You brought in Harris. You brought in Latavius Murray. So you clearly don't have a, a bell cow RB. So if you don't have a bell cow running back, 
like Derrick Henry, like your Saquon Barkley's, like your Bijan Robinsons. You know your bell cow guys, like your your Montgomery's getting twenty carries a game. Even even uh, AJ Dillon got twenty carries. I mean, obviously Aaron Jones was hurt, but my point I'm trying to make is this: you you go by you're you're a running back by committee. So if one running back ain't doing it, on to the next one. Maybe he has a better feel for the game. But touching the ball 14 times, excuse me, 10 times, because four of those carries were to Josh Allen, 10 times to your running backs? Absolutely unacceptable. So my eyes are going to be on Ken Dorsey and what the hell he does against the Giants. Do you abandon run again and continue to freaking force feed us with freaking shotgun? Or do you adapt? We shall soon see. Because I'm sick and tired of the bullshit. Sick and tired of it. I need to see some, right? Here's another thing. <clears throat> Last but not least, all eyes will be on Kyrie freaking Elam. All eyes will be on our guy, Dane Jackson. All eyes will be on Jordan Poirier, that whole defensive backfield. Now, we're not going up against anybody that's killer over there. I mean, Jalen Hyatt, barely getting any, any, any play. Or if he is, he's, he's adequate with everybody else. But there's no, no, there's no receiver out there that's got me saying, oh, snap. We're playing the receiver. I mean, Cole Beasley, apparently they've activated. So they're going to try to get Cole Beasley in there. He's off uh, injured reserve. So he's going to be potentially playing in this game. But uh, you scared of Cole Beasley? I certainly am not. And the defense shouldn't shouldn't be. And I certainly am not scared of Daniel Jones or Tyrod, or Tyrod Taylor. So cut the nonsense. But I will be watching Kyer Elam and the rest of that DB squad. But more specifically, Kyer Elam. Why? Not your fault, Kyer, but you're a first-round draft pick. You are a first-round freaking draft pick. They activated you last week off the inactive list. That should be motivating enough right from that standpoint. And you and your compadres got torched. And you, of all of them, got the freshest legs. Got torched. So this is your bounce-back game, my guy. You have to. This is where you got to grow up. You got to grow up. This is the game you have to grow up. And then you got another one to, to, to lean off of that one. Build off of it and go because I don't want to give up on this brother, but I don't trust him. I don't trust him one bit. So he's got to prove it. Sickly, man. And then you brought in Josh Norman for crying out loud. <laughs> so it's so bad that we had to go and get Josh Norman to kind of say, yo, if if you're not cutting it or Dane Jackson ain't cutting it and Benford might still have to be out another week. Yo, bring in my guy, Josh Norman. Oh, bro. Bro, and that's a good point by my man, Brian Bowers. Isaiah Hodgins over there, and you know he's going to want to come out and show out. But I have Isaiah Hodgins on my on my fantasy team. And last year, he was great. This year, he is poo-poo. So we're going to find out what's really good with that dude. But here we are. Isaiah Hodgins versus Kyer Elam. Oh, my gosh. If you let Isaiah Hodgins cook your ass, bro, we got a problem. And I like Isaiah Hodgins. Don't get me wrong. I like him. He's doing really good things, and he deserves what he's getting right now. But fam, it's rough right now. We're, we're, in, we're in a rough patch, bro. Folks, we're in a rough patch because this game, at 3-2, and two, losing in a conference game, most people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's too early to say we're in a rough patch. We're 3-2. and two. You know what I'm saying? We have an opportunity to put some, some games together. But, like, fam, we can't afford it. These injuries are killer. We lost Daquan Jones for at least three months. Least. 
We don't have a we don't have an all pro corner anymore. That was getting back into feeling like himself. We have two aging safeties. We got to keep it a buck here, people. We got two aging safeties, and we just lost our all pro linebacker in Matt Milano. Those are all facts, people. So we ain't the same team we were two weeks ago. Hell, we ain't the same team we were last week. We're definitely a different team. Yes, I understand Von Miller's coming back, but he's on a pitch count. He ain't the same Von Miller, and he's a year older coming off a big-time injury. It's going to take him some time to get back to, you know what I mean, feeling like old Von. Greg Rousseau's coming back. That'll definitely help. AJ Epinesa coming off a fantastic game. That'll definitely help. So all eyes will be on guys that need to step their game up. And that being said, that's my time. So before I get out of here, let me take some super chats because there were some super chats. I got to go back to my man, John Formichella, all the way out, out east, handling business. John Formichella, I see you, man. I appreciate that super chat. I know these, all these injuries are bad news, but it's good to know about them, to see where we stand and how long they're going to be out. We appreciate that. Shout out to my man, Silas Whittle, always coming through some good stuff. He goes, yo, we lost Trey before and managed to still play with Levi Wallace. We definitely got worse, but our worst is better than 90% of the NFL. We are still a wagon. Listen, I get that. I feel that. I do feel that, Whittle. <clears throat> but them injuries, them injuries are tough, man. Because now we've lost an all-pro linebacker, all-pro corner. Teron Johnson's banged up. Josh Dorman's coming in. The, the, the good thing about this whole situation, and I mean, Christian Bedford obviously hurt with his AC joint, so we don't know if, he, if he's coming back this week. But the, the, the great thing is that offensively, we're on it. Offensively, we are still, we're still healthy, and we like to keep it that way. So we're going to see. We will see. Shout out to my man, Silas Widow, because we still, well, listen, man, we still nice now. Like, let's not get it twisted now. This, this Bills team is still elite. This Bills team still got it. We're still that, we're still that team. You know what I'm saying? But we got, we got some guys that need to step, step their game up, man. And uh, we're on to the Giants. On to the Giants. It's a Sunday night game. And uh, listen, I got to remember to tell my, to my, you know, say my people at work, like, hey, you ain't going to see me. You ain't going to see me. Uh, last, last but not least, before I get out of here, man. Last but not least, before I get out of here, and I got to talk about it because it, it is on my heart, and I, I'm sure you guys are living, you know what saying, you guys are not living on a rock, under a rock, and not noticing the terror that is happening in the Middle East right now. It is sickening, the, the amount of violence that is going back and forth, the amount of innocent people that are dying, the amount of children, grown men carrying toddlers and babies because of this senseless war Bro, and I bring this up, I bring this up to, to shed a light, to show, just show love, man, no matter what, no matter to who, show love. Love, man, like all this hate that's happening left, right, center for, for God knows what. And this whole Middle East thing is so complex. People think they know, but they don't. It's complex. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so complex. And it's just sad. It's sad because all these... All these things that are going on, man. I've got, I've got Jewish friends, and I've got Palestinian friends, and this this hurts. It really does hurt, man. Seeing all this stuff, senseless deaths that are happening, bro, it's sickening. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not. This channel is great, and I love, I love my bills, 
like I'm my own man too, right? And I got my own beliefs on stuff. And I'm a I'm a, I'm a share. It. And that's I think that's what's I guess differentiates me from a lot of these other other potters, because they won't touch these things. They won't touch these subjects. I will. I don't got a problem with it. Cause I'm like, I come out of it comes from sincere, sincere heart, not me picking a side. Cause the side that you mean most of us should pick is the side of peace, man. We all want peace. We just want to live our lives. I mean, love our kids and do what we need to do, have some fun with it. But like, there's always this stuff in between that just, you know what I'm saying? Just makes things a little more, more complicated. And it sucks, man. So if you have any Jewish friends or Palestinian friends, or you are one of the other, man, it's, I, my heart breaks, man, because you don't want to see any of this stuff. You don't want to see any of this stuff, man. So I know it sounds corny, like choose love. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's facts, man. You got to. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm praying for, I'm praying for my Palestinian friends that got family down there that are just is terrible. But like there are innocents amongst all this stuff that's happening. And there's, they're the ones that are suffering. For those that are spewing out hate and all that stuff, man, yo, just know what you're saying first before you start saying stuff because there are a lot of things we don't know. Believe me when I tell you, a lot of things we don't know. But anyway, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a leave it at that. <clears throat> and uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic evening. And uh, we will catch you guys again, potentially this Friday or Thursday because uh, I've got, uh, I'm going to be on daddy duty on Friday because my wife is, uh, we've, we're going to a wedding this weekend. And, uh, She's got to go ahead with the girls and whatever. So she's leaving me with the kids. So it's going to be hard to pod when I could probably hear my son screaming, all that stuff. So I might do a Thursday night pod or I might keep it Friday. We'll see how it goes, but I'll keep you guys posted. But other than that, folks, that's it for me. Bills will bounce back. We know what they always do. We don't, we don't technically lose games back to back. We don't. That's, that's a rarity. We always bounce back hard and you know what I'm saying? We make sure that we, you know what I'm saying, string a couple wings along the way. McDermott's going to have these boys right. Josh Allen's going to have these boys right. You know what I'm saying? And this offense is going to turn things around. We're going we're gonna to pour it on these Giants how we should. And then we just keep building from there. You know what I'm saying? So that's it for me. You guys have yourself a fantastic evening. And if you guys enjoyed this show, while you guys are still here, smash that like. If you didn't follow my man, the Thigh Doctor, go follow him at Thigh Doctor on Twitter. If you didn't follow my man, Carl Jones, don't, don't waste your time, man. Go to it right away after this show. Jones11 underscore. Hit him up <clears throat> and let him know that, you know what, I saw you on the Recall Report. You are amazing. Let him know, man, because these brothers, they need to know that they, they're valued. They're great at their job. There's so many seen of these guys that are out there that's doing their stuff, and they're not out there. And this guy's just as good. and He's fantastic. So uh, we will see. So we'll probably be doing a pod with uh, my Giants friends. I'll probably try to hit them up. They're probably going to be hitting me up soon. But uh, we appreciate you, man. And uh, this is the Buffalo Fanatics. This is the Rico Report. We, I appreciate you guys. And for those that have supported us, keep supporting. We appreciate it. Supportbf.com is that simple. If you want to be part of the Bing Squad, jump on there. We love it. We love y'all, man. I love y'all. Y'all keep rocking with me. And uh, we'll, be, we'll still be bringing you the heat. So until the next time. We will catch you guys on the flip side, man. It's your boy Rico. It's the Rico Report. It's the Buffalo Fanatics. It's your boy, and I'm gone. Let's go.
credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.